was, but then my weird scenario was that my mom was on food stamps. She was broke, and my dad was rich. He was just you know successful, and and I had a rich dad that you know was helping and not helping. I'm gonna know, dive. Uh, I'm gonna dive into that. Hey everybody! <laughs> hey everybody! Uh, today's guest is my good friend and somebody I worked with many many times. I think starting out in 2013, 2014. His name is Rick. Not much, sir. How are you? Good, um, good, man. I think we tried doing this once before, and you were in uh, Mexico or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we did. We were uh, doing this. I was in a very beautiful home with a nice view, and and I said it was mine and and all that, and I I bragged about how rich I was, and then there goes that locate, and then you, it didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> so there goes that scenario. Well, I'm glad you're rich. You know, you were telling me um, in the other interview that you 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 were in Mexico because you were visiting your father. Yeah, yeah. It was a long stretch there that you guys didn't see each other or didn't. Yeah, tell me, my, tell me about that. Like, how, what was that when you first saw him again after so many years? At like the airport or something? Yeah. Well, to kind of uh, give you the basis, because a lot of times people always ask me to rewind you know, the whole story. Uh, my dad came, he's an immigrant, you know, came uh, in the 60s, and then he grew this uh, huge real estate business. And then the 80s, he became, he could have been countrywide if he stuck around, um, but he was building uh, cash home loans. Oh, and I have the thing right around here, some cash home loans, and um, uh, he built that, and then he got a nightclub, and he got a newspaper, and he got like a little adult school thing that he um, gave business classes to people who just came in from other countries, you know, in, in English, in English classes and all that. Uh, he had so many businesses, so he became rich and he had this nightclub where he had famous Latino artists like Celia Cruz, Tito Puente, you know, all the, all the Latin artists, Jose, Jose Armando Manzanero um, in South America, it's from Spain, all that, Cuba. And so he became rich, and then like a Bernie Madoff thing kind of happened in there somewhere, okay, where he was getting all the people to invest in his real estate company, and his real estate company was putting notes on houses. And then 1989, 1990, 1991, which was the savings and loans crash, a similar crash, Bush Sr. put us through that. Bush Jr. put us through in 2007, 2008. You know, Bush Sr. actually did this in 89, 90, 91, around that time. And there was a lot of notes on properties that then the property value turned and those notes weren't be able to be covered. And a lot of those people wanted to cash in on those notes. Funny thing is, you know, when you really look at the whole big picture, if those people would have just stayed calm, they would have had much more money down the line. <laughs> you know, in the year 2023, people would have been millionaires. Okay, so bottom line. But instead, they went to my dad and they said, pay us our money back because we noticed the market's turning. And my dad couldn't pay the money back because the market was turning. Plus, my dad was spending money in a weird way. You know, because he was just luxury, living life, a luxury, flying here, flying there, women, you know, just wildlife in the music industry, in the Latin music industry. And so um, I was in Mexico, 91, I was going to college in Mexico. And then my dad 
the government, the state of California came down on him and said, you got to go to jail. But my dad wasn't at the office when they went to go get him. My, the vice president was, which was my stepmom. So she went to jail for six months and my dad fled to Ecuador. So he couldn't come back. And then when I, I came back from Mexico to here, I was just like a kid going to college, going to take over one of my dad's companies to now uh, lost lost soul, <laughs> lost soul with no direction, you know, and um, I was just getting a job here and there, waiter, whatnot, uh, restaurants, and uh, just kind of really shocked, like a ton of bricks fell on me because I saw my dad's success go from this to, to nothing, just disappeared, poof, like magic, you know, and so um, that caused me not not to that and other things caused me I, I mean i was trying to help my dad and i was looking up his case and he had like 57 felony cases something like that 50 plus i was like wow i i can't help you i don't know what, what i'm gonna do and then you know i was talking to the attorneys i was in my 20s i was lost i was like I'm talking to attorneys trying to do things i didn't know what to do and so then my mom had a property in ecuador my mom again didn't have much money and she had a property, and then my dad kind of manipulated with the title of the property, like um, did something that he shouldn't have done. And then I didn't talk to him after that. So I, I didn't talk to my dad for 10 years. And then 2000, I went to go visit him. So 2000, I, it was a long time I wasn't talking to him. I wasn't getting along with him. And then 2000, I went to go visit him, and we patched things up, and we, we drank. And uh, I, I noticed he was broke. You know, he went from successful guy to like, holy underwears and not enough towels in his place. And so I, I went to the local Walmart type thing, stocked him up, bought him up things, gave him some money, tried to help him out, patch things up. Things were great. Then 23 years go by and this summer. So that, that was the gap, 23 years. And it wasn't that I wasn't talking to him. I was still talking to him and all that stuff. It was just like, I think we patched things up and we were like, hey, everything's cool. He still needed help and wanted help, but I was like, yeah, I got other problems. And then we were all kind of like, yeah, I got other problems. And then my dad's been being taken care of by my older brother, my older brother, rich real estate broker guy who stayed in the business and uh, is hurting today because interest rates are so high. Um, but he's been doing well in the last 10 years and he's been helping my dad. But now today he's like, Hey, I need you guys to help. You know, we're like eight siblings and, and a lot of different moms though, like, like six different moms. So a lot of stepmoms, you know, but we still respect each other as siblings. Um, and so this summer, July, we, we set up in spring, of 2023, we set up to bring them. So we'll fly them down to TJ. We still don't know whether he can come to the states or not. Okay, I like I like the I like that disclaimer right disclaimer. there. Well, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Before we go any further, he did not yeah. touch foot in California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so that's on everybody's mind. Oh, you're taking him to Mexico because he can't come over, right? He's still you know, can't step foot over here. And then we all kind of believe that. Um, but but my dad's been doing his homework and doing his stuff on his end with some attorneys. And so we went to go pick him up in TJ. And my brother has a house in, in Rosarito. So we go down to Rosarito, pick up my dad. 
And there we are um, in the beach house. And the first night together, me, my older brother, and my younger brother. So there's three of us siblings. And there's more. There's, you know, like four or five more that aren't there. But the three, you know, kind of, I don't know if you want to say main, but the ones that are getting along with dad fine or I don't know. Um, And so those uh, three were there. And we're having a blast. You know, we're going to go um, and drink with my dad. We're getting, we're having Mexican food with my dad. We're just, we're just having a rest, one restaurant after the other, you know, we didn't do anything crazy Vegas style, but that happened like a couple of weeks. I'll take, but I didn't go, but I heard, which I can't discuss. So <laughs> I've, I've lost money in TJ. I've lost I've, <laughs> double D's got me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, but we, we, that, none of that happened when we were in Mexico because we were, uh, it was, it was weird. It was like the first initiational time and we just wanted to catch up with him. And so we didn't, you know, instead of going out to a bar or anything, we just kind of us and, and drinking. And I mean, I even had a moment where I got so drunk, you know, I love you, man. I love you. All that shit starts coming out. And they're like, giving me props on my comedy. And I was like, you know, I was kind of feeling really good to the point where I got emotional and I go, I'm funny because of you guys, because <laughs> you guys picked on me, <laughs> my dad and my older brother. I'm like, there I go, it's you guys, you guys picked on me. That's why I'm like this. And then my younger brother's like, I think he was filming me laughing, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I think my younger brother has that. His golden file that he's, yeah. <laughs> he's going to turn on me one day, you know. He's he hasn't even told me anything. He's going to turn on me. So we had those moments, right? We had really great moments, and then all of a sudden, my older brother went back home. Uh, some other brothers and sisters came down. I went back home. My younger brother stayed with my brother. My younger brother. Now keep in mind, my dad left when he was five, so he never really kind of knew my dad. So we left him there alone with my dad you know, for like five days. And he kept texting me, Hey, was he always needy like this? Does he always, was he always thinking he was a king of the, you know, the world? Does he, when you're talking to him about your accolades, does he always bring up his? Yes, dude. My dad's a narcissist. My dad's Donald Trump. Honestly, it's like, like, that's how crazy it is. To the point now I just laugh and I'm grateful that I still have him. He's 84. And I'm just spending time with him over this, you know, this, this great time, great time. And so I go back down to TJ with uh, my lady and my kids to meet their grandfather and their father-in-law. So I go down there and we spend time and everybody's getting used to, it. you know, now my brother-in-law is like, I mean, my, my younger brother's like, ah, oh, man, I had enough of dad, you know, <laughs> I, I, like, well, I want to go home now. You know, it, it's like, Hey, just that's, you know, he's calling me all these things. And then I'm like, yeah, that's how you always were back in the days. It bothered me then, but now I just laugh at, look how old you are and you still, you just don't change your ways. It's that mentality. It's that, that's that mentality of once I was somebody, right? It's kind of like that entitlement. And then, and then my dad's like, telling me do you do you need the glasses can't you get laser surgery and then i'm like man the vanity in you pal like i can't <laughs> believe it you know it just it doesn't go away you know and and so that's 
my dad in a nutshell. And there we are. We're spending time. Luckily, my lady got along with him. He loved her and everything. So she cooks and, and all that stuff. He was happy about that. <laughs> you know, old school stuff. But he was happy about that. Yeah, the um, woman in the kitchen. Oh, sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He makes fun of me because I still I do a dish here and there. Like I, I do dishes. You know, I, I I fold, do laundry, and he gets he laughs at me. He calls me like uh, the maid. You know, and so because that's just his, and then when he sees my car, like I got an old truck. You know, 2005. He goes, oh, so we're gonna go in the Mickey Mouse car because my older brother's got the car of the year. You know what I mean? And, and, but I also, I do have a 2018, but I let my, my lady use it for her and her family. And I just stick to the junk shit. <laughs> you know, I, all the bad stuff's for me. And, and then I'm like, dude, I'll take you in the, in the 2018 Kia Optima if that's what you want. <laughs> if that's what you want. The outer shell where he's not going to let anything penetrate that. Oh, he, he don't care. Dude. In all honesty, there's there's been... A couple things while he was here, my sister's going, oh, he still does this, he still does that. He don't care. I took him to his show. Okay, so now we're in Mexico. Hold on, let me tell you. We're in Mexico, and then my, my he shows me and my older brother this document, this attorneys that they've been working on his case and how he can go into the States now. And then we're like, yeah, that's just some attorney's rough draft, you know, notes, outline, whatever. And all your cases, it's like, yeah, we're not going to take the risk of taking. He goes, come on, just take me to San Diego so I can open up a bank account. My dad, my dad wrote a book. Um, he wrote two, actually. Wrote this one, este, El Cínico, which is about a guy who escapes the United States with money. <laughs> and then he wrote, he just, this is a new one he wrote. So at the at the age of eighty, what's, you know, what's this, the second one going back? What's the oh, second you know one? What? I don't I don't know, but it says like uh, "olas sangrientas," which means bleeding waves. <laughs> oh, so like the resentment or the guilt un, or the un terrible asesinato en la ruta de Espondiles, Ecuador. So a horrible assassination on the route to somewhere in Ecuador. So I, I got to read them. I'm only like chapter two in this one. So it's like I'm not, <laughs> chapter two, but you're like, I can, I can write this book. <laughs> I already know the story. Yeah. I, already know, I already know the friggin' story of this one. I know how that one's going to end. In chapter two, the guy has so many girlfriends. In chapter two, the guy has so many girlfriends. <laughs> Shit you not. It's like, come on, dad. All right. So, so, That's what he says at court now. I was doing research for my book. <laughs> it was a, that's called a long game plan. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see in the big picture. <laughs> totally. And so, and so my dad has his documents that he's showing me, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's nothing. Me and, my, and then my brother, my older brother, you know, his main fear is because he's helping my dad a lot. My older brother has the properties, the money. His main fear is he comes and they get him and they they put they have to put a bond on his properties. And he's like, I don't want to deal with that shit. And I, I understand him, you know. And so um, we're like, oh, I don't know. And then my and so then he shows me his passport and it was his passport. His passport. He has an okay. Ecuadorian <laughs> passport because he never got the citizenship where he, that's where he screwed up. He never got the citizenship. 
He, gave me, he shows me the passport, and in his passport, he has an American visa on there that he got in March 2023. And my older brother's gone already to the States, and I go, oh, wait a minute. I said, this seems like it will pass. You know, this is a, this is a legit America visa that was granted to him this year. And I was like, where did you get this? Oh, and the ambassador over there in Ecuador. And I got them. I'm like, okay, let's take them. This is the way we're going to do it. He's going to go in the car with me, with my kids and my lady, my family. I said, my brother, Adrian, you're going to follow me in the back. We're going to follow each other. And we're just going to go for it. You know, and so the nerves start going. And by the way, my dad's story is, to me is, is amazing. Com coming to the States, building what he built, and then crashing. And then here we are trying to get him into the States, right? <laughs> Back into the States. And so we were interviewing my dad in Mexico, by the way, because me and my brother, we, we always, we have so many projects going, documentaries about comedians, doc, a documentary about my dad, a movie, a feature about um, working as an usher in a movie theater, all these things we have going on right now. Uh, a series, a comedy series we're working on right now, you know, because... Are we making any money out of it? Absolutely not. Nothing. You know. Are you having, but, are you having fun? Yeah, I'm. I'm having tons of fun. But the 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 the, the fun part. Oh, you got to pay bills though. Hold on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you got to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. Yeah. You got yeah. to pay the bills, and so I mean that's, you know, what is helping me right now um, is the cruise ships. Is the cruise ships I work on the cruise ships? I'm doing comedy, stand-up comedy on the cruise ships. How did but, you? How did when you get I told in, him I'm doing this stuff. How did you get involved in the cruise ships? I got referred. I got referred by another comedian, and um, I I lollygagged for two years. I didn't. I thought I had to get them a 30 minute set, and which they require now. But I, as I couldn't get that 30 minute set, I kept screwing up the attempts to get the 30 minute set. Um, I two years roll by. And there was uh, the guy who referred me. He goes, so how's it going on the ships? And I said, it's not, it's not going yet. I go, I haven't gotten the thirty minute, you know, uh, clip. He goes, dude, just send five minutes. He goes, are you serious? He goes, two years. And I go, oh shit, yeah, okay. And so I sent a five minute clip, and then they hired me. And it's been going good ever since. And I have. Tons of thirty-minute sets now. I've create. I have. You have to create because you're doing. So then I started doing those, and that's been two years now, almost two years. Um, but then back to my dad, he tells me the passport situation. I said we can do it. I tell my brother, and so we can go. And he goes, "All right, this is on you, man." My my brother says, "It's on you. You can do this. If if he gets caught, I can't help you. You know, be careful." Blah blah blah, and and so I was like. Oh, you know, hearing all that was didn't help. It was extra fear, you know. And and my brother-in-law, you know, sends me a text going, "Wow, I just picture you and your kids' mugshots." <laughs> yeah, you know, that's all I picture is you and your kids' mugshots. I was like, but the reason I took my kids is because we all have the same name, and I feel like no questions would be asked if questions were going to be asked, you know, and so. That whole line on the on the um, border took only 30 minutes that time, which usually takes an hour or two. This one just took a little over 30 minutes, almost 30 to 40 minutes. And I know because I had the GoPro on. 
And right when I arrived, like to stand in line, at the, I put the GoPro on. I'm getting and like I say, we're making a documentary about my dad, his story. And so I put the GoPro on the moment that I'm bringing him back into the States, you know. So I filmed that whole time. And there was one moment where he kept calling me an idiot. And, and we're getting closer and closer and closer to the border. And, you know, I, all of a sudden the sound for the seatbelt goes on. like And I noticed he took the seatbelt off. And I said, why are you taking the seatbelt off? He goes, well, you know, if I have to get <laughs> out run. and run back, you know, and then I just go, I said, you're saying that right now? I go, give me the passport. Let me see what you got on the passport. Is this Mickey Mouse visa? Like, I totally, uh, what the fuck you got me into, man? Like, oh, you were not scared before. Now you're scared. I'm not scared. And we're just like <laughs> laughing, you know, and um, we get, we get to, yeah. We get to the, the thing, and I have my passport, like, right here, right? I have my passport. So we get to the thing, and I, I, I apply all the passports. I fan them all together with my dad's right on top, okay? So it's like I, I, try, I put my dad's right on top, facing, and, and so they just go, where are you guys coming from? And I said, we were just visiting my dad in Rosarito, being honest, you know? And then he goes, uh... Okay, and 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 he goes, and where are you guys headed? We're going to L.A., you know, uh, to see family. That's all I said. And then my dad's trying to say something, and I said, shut up, shut up. Don't, don't say anything. You know, just, you know, don't fuck things up, you know. And then, and then uh, he goes, how many people are there? And I said, oh, it's, it's my family. And I go, it's my lady, my two kids, and my dad and me. And he kind of looks through all that and he sees all our names match. And it's no regular name, you know, like Butler or Isqueta. like, you know, Johnson. Yeah, it's Isquieta. So he sees, okay, they all match. So they're family. They look like, we all just kind of look in there. And then, and then he goes, okay, open the back. And I open the back. He goes, you got a lot of luggage. And I said, yeah, well, a lot of it's my camera equipment too. I was filming some stuff of the family down, down below. And then he goes, okay, and then close it. And I get back, and then he goes, how long is he going to stay? And I said, oh, I think he's, we're bringing him back Sunday, which was a mistake. We could have said, we may stay like 30 days, and then he, they would have to give him a stamp, okay? And if we wanted to, we could have gotten him a flight out of L.A. But because we didn't give him that stamp, you know, we just go, oh, no, two days, we're coming right back. We were just so, like, nervous of the situation. He just goes, okay, you can go. And then, boom, I hit the gas. I go, fuck, we're in. And then it was like, he started, my dad started calling old hookups, like girl, women he used to screw. Like, hey, this one's available. That one's available. I said, really? I go, you're just too much, man. I'm glad you got that for your documentary. Got, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you had the GoPro on for that. Dude, and afterwards, afterwards, all the way till, till we exited and I got off at a, at a Denny's to just go get a coffee in, in the States and just kind of sat there and took a picture. So my dad, uh, first time back in the States, 30, 33 uh, years, 33 years, first time, 32 years. First time back in the States, 23 years, I haven't seen him. And uh, 32 years, he hasn't seen other brother, my brother, Tom. Who my brother Tom, big shout out to my brother Tom. He's fighting cancer right now. He's got a 
He's got a couple tumors in his liver and he got to see my dad. My dad got to see him, you know, uh, and Tom's fighting the fight right now. Um, and, uh, so is my mom. My mom's fighting the fight. She has dementia. She's in a nursing home. She's fighting the fight. Uh, got a lot of people in the family, you know, going through tough. And I have people who lost the fight, you know, young, young cousin lost brain cancer, you know, um, so it's just, it's, it's tough. And I'm just so grateful for every day, man, every day. And so that whole experience with my dad, just, it's up there. It's up there with a lot of things that uh, I'm happy I did in my life, you know, with comedy. Oh, and then I got to do stand up in front of him. I took him to a show over here in, um, in Santa Fe Springs at, at Bruce's on a Wednesday night. Um, shout out to Bruce's Wednesday night. Sebastian Satina sets up something there every Wednesday. It's fun comedy in Santa Fe Springs. And um, that uh, was a fun night because I got to do stand-up in front of my dad and roast him and use him. And he loved it. He was laughing. You know, at the end of my set, it was like, you know, he approved. It was also my brother-in-law's birthday. It was quite a night. Um, a lot of people that knew my brother-in-law, who's married to my sister, it's the same sister I have with both mom and dad, my sister, Michelle. Shout out to my sister, Michelle. Uh, her, all her friends were there. All her, like, neighbors, people who were there for her husband's birthday, right? And she wasn't ready for them knowing the story behind my dad. <laughs> and so... A lot of her friends like, oh, now I get it, you know. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, that, that kind of happened. When I was, but, no, go ahead. No, no, but it was it was great. I was just gonna say it's all wonderful. Something will stay with you for a while, huh? Mm-hmm. Because Very I think much. as I think as comedians, we want that approval from our parents. Like, hey, it's okay. Yeah, I don't have a nine yeah. to five job, but I, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, right. and you know what? I I got the the approval from him, and then the approval from the audience. You know, probably the only applause break I got that night, uh, you know, uh, was my dad approving me. And they're like, "Hey, man, that's nice to see his son approve his old older son doing stand up." <laughs> it says in some restaurant in L.A. <laughs> you shouldn't have yeah. raised me to have a sense of humor. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and I, I honestly uh, blame or, you know, give the honors to my dad and my brother because they really picked on me. And, and that time that we had together, you know, it was like my younger brother who only had my dad till five and then just heard stories about us when we growing up, heard stories, didn't really know the truth. You know, I'm there with my older brother and my dad. And I'm like, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? What I'm telling telling you about? And my younger brother's just laughing, and I can't believe it, and blah, blah blah. And then they went to Vegas. They took younger <laughs> brother to Vegas, and they wanted me to go, and I wanted to go so bad, but I had more important stuff here at home with my kids and my lady, and I had to make that decision and, and not go, you know. And um, my dad was calling me a pussy and my older brother was calling me a pussy. And my younger brother was calling me a pussy. And, you know, I knew that was coming, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't go because of the fact money 
wise, I would have probably lost a lot of, of money, spent a lot of money. And, um, and I couldn't at that time because I had a, a birthday party coming up, my kids' birthday parties coming up. And so I had to hold that, that gold, you know, got, not go to Vegas and do that. And then also I knew what they, the wildness, the craziness they were going to go through. And my younger brother was like, oh, this and that, that and this, tell me. And I'm like, I'm just laughing. He goes, man. And my younger brother was like, I just couldn't wait to get away from these guys. <laughs> it, was, it was like too much. Yes. <laughs> And yeah, sometimes the, that that pair, my older brother and my dad, they're like almost brothers themselves now. They're, they're two like peas. This, this yeah, two peas in the pod. And you know, my older brother's eight years older than me, so he he really was a, a male figure for me. And my dad too. And they're they're just wild boys, you know. And and I, <laughs> I you know I kind of learned how to tame my wildness. Not be as so wild as them. I mean, I still got my wild side, but man, I, I can look at them and go, man, there's somebody more wilder than me, man. Let me let me ask you a question. <laughs> Your comedian's gonna come out. If you had, if somebody told you you can come to Vegas and do 15 minutes, would you have went to Vegas with your dad and your brother? Oh yeah, I was actually <laughs> uh, I was actually planning to. I was actually planning to do that. I was already telling. I, you know what? That's what I told my brother. I said I'm gonna get a night. I'm going to get a night in Vegas to do stand-up. And then he goes, oh, you got all excited. Great. I'll have a room for you, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then I didn't go. And, you know, he was not happy. But then he understood, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, you don't know what I was up against over here at home. You know? Hey, and everybody who's watching this, I want you to just take a moment and realize this guy showed up to a comedy show the day his daughter was born or the day after. Yeah. Uh, no, my son. San Diego. My son. Was it the day okay. my son? Yeah, the day my son was born. Okay. <laughs> I had True this story, day. Folks, I'm not making this yeah. shit up because I hosted I, that shit. So yeah, I I had this day job. I had this day job where I was working for Ford, and we had the um, air show at, at the base down there, the Air Force base. Uh, they have the annual air show down there, right? And I was with Ford. And so we were doing this marketing thing. And so my honey, she was just big. And I said, you okay? I can go to San Diego. Said, yeah, I'm okay. Drive all the way to San Diego because I was going to stay the night. Cause I had a show too. Right. And, and the comedy, what you palace. Call it, palace. Yeah. And so I drive all the way to San Diego. I get there like at eight in the morning and getting ready for the air show, setting up for Ford and the day job I had, you know, and I, I literally, probably five, ten minutes, I just got my gloves on. I set up, you know, stuff there. And then uh, I get the text. I'm going to the hospital. It's, it's happening right now. Oh, shit. I just arrived, like San Diego. Oh, shit. And then and I go and tell the manager, I go, I can't stay for work. I got to go. My boy's coming right now. You know, so I get in the truck and back up to L.A., two-hour drive, right? Like two-hour drive back and racing, just racing. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this. And I get to the hospital and I made it, you know, and he wasn't born yet. And he wasn't born until six. And I think I made it like at 3 p.m. or something, 2 p.m. So I was there, you know, a couple hour, hours before he was born. He was born. And, you know, right. You good? You good? <laughs> There's more. Yeah, I, I was know. looking at the clock. I, honestly, I was looking at the clock because both times, this is, you know, if I can win comedy 
If I can win comedy fans with this, this is a true story, and you can ask my lady this. Both times that she told me she was pregnant, I was like, great. Congratulations to us. We're going to be parents. Wonderful. One thing, though, comedy's first. And I told her that. And both times that she told me she was pregnant, I said, comedy's first. You know, it's just I have to succeed in this to take care of us. That's the, it's, that's the whole goal, you know. And and uh, she just kind of looked at me. And, you know, I, when I tell that story, people look at me like, really? And I go, yeah, it's just comedy's also a child of mine, I feel like, you know, like that I want to take care of and I want to nourish and I want to feed and I want to have fun with, you know, nobody, and, uh, nobody outside of comedy realizes what, how hard you have to mold yourself into comedy. Like it's a one person show until you get into Netflix or HBO yeah. or whatever. Like you promote, you write, you produce, you do yeah. the headshots, you do, yeah. uh, everything that there's possibly to do like it's it is a child you put more time and money into this dream that we want to have of one day being in front of five thousand people you know what i mean and sold out arenas across the country yeah it's 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 in us and we just can't like shut it off right 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 it's it yeah you just always want to feed it you always want to be in it and uh, when somebody else is up there, you can't help but think, what would you do? You know, as much as um, I'm, I really try to enjoy other people's sets. Um, but when a, something in, in a crowd work situation happens, you know, I can't help but the funny trigger in me and go, oh, I'd be saying this right now. And sometimes there'll be a comedian next to me. I go, I'd be like saying this, huh? Oh, and then we've got to go back and forth and then this and then that. And then this. and, but we understand the pressure that we're, we have up there to where if something at the witty moment is not coming out, you know, it's, it's understandable. I wouldn't think anybody lesser, you know, that they, they didn't come up with what I thought. And I don't even know if what, with I thought would have worked, you know what I mean? Right. But it's just, it's just your brain just automatically thinking that every time. And, just like when my son was born, I said, I just drove back down to San Diego another two fucking hours. So I drove six hours that, that day. I drove six hours from LA to San Diego, <laughs> San Diego to LA to LA to San Diego to do the show. And I think I came home that night after the show, like, or I stayed down there cause I was tired. It could have been, I stayed down there cause I was tired and then came the next day. You walked um, in like you remember. were on, you walked in like you were on cloud nine, like, I'm a dad. I'm I remember made. that. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, what are you happy for? He goes, I just had a baby. I, I, like, had, a, I, had, <laughs> I had my son. Yeah. And as I say that, I'm in my office, okay? I'm in my office slash son's room. <laughs> we share, you know, because it's like my, <laughs> my office on one little corner. And his room of toys. And sometimes he's got all his toys all. And I'm like, hey, pick up your toys. We're showing this shit, man. <laughs> don't don't mess with the Mandalorian over there. Yeah. Oh, you thought you? I forgot. That's a, that's what I should have said. I should have said, hey, look at my dinosaur collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my leg, my Lego stuff. Even Jurassic hey, Park. Yeah, Blue's Clues. 
Yeah, Blue's Clues, Rocket. Like, I built that Rocket. Did you? Yeah, I helped him, of course. He can't do shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you sound like your dad right now. Yeah, he can't do shit, little scared bastard. Like, you, know, one. <laughs> you know what's funny is he's doing shit that I used to do, but I'm just talking to him in a better way than my dad talks to me. <laughs> It, it, it took me. I think if my dad would have talked to me in a, in a in a more productive way, I think I would have been a comedian at the age of you know eighteen, and then who knows where I would have been. I could have been dead too by now. But um, you know, amen, uh, amen. But amen. with my son, it's like I think about how my dad used to react, and because it wants to come out, I want to call him a little. You're being a little wuss, crying. Hey, you're being. Hey, what's wrong with you? You know, but I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to do that. So I just say, hey, look, there are better options than crying. I said, you know, let's go for a walk. You could let your cry out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let it keep going. We go for a walk. and <laughs> You know, and it's like, okay, 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 man. And then, and then he, after all that, he appreciates it. And then I goof with him. You know, I go like something like he'll hit me and then I'll go, oh, 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 now it's my turn. And then like, so we'll, we'll laugh together. He'll laugh. I'll laugh. I say, you see, that's, the, that's the side you got to hook up with more is the funny guy, the laughing guy, not the crying guy, you know? And so I, I, I try and just tell him these things and I see it working, but he's, he's also just seven. He turns seven and he's in first grade. So he's going, but every now and then he shows me the little tough guy, you know? And they don't want me to get him into football. I love football. And they, don't, they don't want, no, my son's not playing football. Like, okay, he's not playing football. But he's acting like a beast. Like he's like literally wanting to go, but then he cries. But he wants to go and hit people and, and, and tackle people. And I said, I'm not, I don't know what's wrong with you, but he's acting like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me about the boat cruises and the compared to being on land or being at, at sea. Yeah. On cruises yeah. or, or uh, being here, it says you kind of isolate yourself, induce, reinduce yourself or uh, introduce yourself again because you're on yeah. cruise ships too long. Is that still true? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, the cruise yes. ships is, is something different. You know, it, it just is. I think every, my opinion is every comedian should do it because it should be like a course in comedy university, <laughs> you know, uh, cruise ships, 101, 102, you know, 103, uh, just because you get, um, the audience isn't your audience, you know, it isn't people who come see you, but eventually they do in a weird way. They, they you know, they, they start, they like you and they say, Hey, next time we go on a cruise, we're going to check your schedule out. You know, sometimes, We've gotten that. I don't know how much they follow that. However, I've seen people already. Rick, we saw you on this ship. No, you're great. I've seen that, like, say, two or three times. But the audience originally isn't yours. And when you go on a cruise ship, they're just a mix of people. And you got to – it's kind of like Vegas. I always saw Vegas as a very learning curve as well in comedy because Vegas – was you had your like group of Japanese people with your group of Swiss Switzerland people with your group of Mexican people with you just Vegas you had all kinds of people you know and uh, really wasn't your audience either 
It's just people going to go check out shows. And, you know, as you grow up in L.A. and doing comedy or New York or Chicago, wherever you start comedy, you know, you got that audience that's always kind of the same audience, the L.A. audience, whatever. In, in L.A., you can get caught in what I call the Latino triangle. You know, too much Latino shows, you know, got you doing, you know, orale, and, and you go to you go to Arkansas and you go, you know, and that could be funny to them. That could be funny to them because it's so like, such an alien foreign thing to them that they hear about, you know, but, but if you we go, see one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you go like, hey, the hot dog, the big and red hot dog, and they're like, what's that? You know, and they don't know. So you have to explain these things to oh, them and say, you know, in LA, this is what happens selling. And I find myself when, when I do that joke, cause I I'll do it. Of course. It's one of my favorite jokes I've ever created. And it's, People still love it when they see it the first time, too. That Honda, Honda, I got people coming on the ships coming up to me. Honda, Honda, Honda. Wow, like love that that stuff. Um, like like it's brand new to them. You know what I mean? And there's a saying. It's, there's a saying. To you, it sounds like a broken record. To them, it sounds like the first night of Broadway. And right. I I did not learn that in theater, and I took theater. And I didn't learn it in comedy. I learned that owning a company with some business partners, a real estate company in Redondo Beach. And we were going to other offices to try and pitch our company for them to work with us. And I would speak in front of others and I would, I would present our stuff. And my, my uh, business partner, Caesar, who's who wrote a book called the official guide to building a referral based business. Really great book. His name is Caesar Mansour. A uh, really great friend, business partner. Taught me a lot. He he goes, hey Rick, to you it's a broken record. To them it's a night on, first night on Broadway, and that stuck to me. And I was like going up there and I was performing. And little did he know that I I wanted to become a comedian. They, nobody knew. I never told anybody. It was like always a deep secret. Nobody even knew I tried it when I was younger and failed and said, I, I got to come back and, and see how I can do that. Is that when and, it first bit you when you were younger? What, what caused oh, yeah. you to get the bite? Like what, what, I'm not trying to change subjects on you, but what, no. what made you be like, you know what? Comedy's, uh, that, that's the way I want to, that's like, what, what steered you into that direction? Always had it. Always, always had it in, in <laughs> me. When I was young, I watched a lot of, um, Richard Cryer, George Carlin, I watched a lot of Eddie Murphy, and I watched a lot of the Night at Improv and Dangerfields, and I watched I watched a lot of, you know, Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kinison, all these the Bill Bill Hicks, you know, all these this just rock star moments of comedy, right? Yeah, I was a big fan. I was such a big fan that I would invite people to my house. I was sixteen years old. And I, my dad, remember, he had a lot of money, and my dad bought the mansion next door to the mansion he had in Los Feliz. He had one mansion in Los Feliz and bought the mansion next door. And he bought the mansion next door for his kids. So he wants his kids to live there. Shit you not. I was 16 at the time, so I was like, which room do I get, Dad? <laughs> 
yeah. And so I was gun ho about it. And I had like a mansion, a house to myself sometimes because the thing wasn't furnished yet or whatnot. So I would invite my friends over. We would bong out. We'd be smoking and drinking. And I'd say, sit right there, man. And I had a VHS. <laughs> and I would slip it in. And I would, Dom Irana would come out. Oh, uh, you oh, know, dear. Andrew Dice played, all that stuff. Sam Kinison, you know, Jerry Seinfeld. All those guys, Bill Hicks, would come out. And I'd say, you got to watch this guy. You got to watch this guy. And I was literally, I felt, when I look back at it now, back then I was just a fan. But when I look back at it now, I was promoting these guys. I was pushing them to, you know, people, like a lot. I was a big fan. And then I thought it was in theater. So I was becoming an actor. <laughs> I was becoming an actor. I was, I was going to Pasadena City College. I did drama one, two, and three in high school. My drama teacher was like, you're funny. You, you, you got it in you. Just but. But I was not ready to just let it out funny, my funny. I was just, what what role do I have to play? You know, like, okay, I can do that. That's easy. And and then I went to Pasadena City College, and I was doing plays there. And I was doing comedy plays, Neil Simon comedy plays, and all this stuff. It was great. I was loving it. And then I went to Hollywood and was doing stuff there. And, and that's where it got ugly. It got weird. And I was doing a play called Danny in the Deep Blue Sea, and they wanted me to come out naked. I was 18, and I was, yeah, this was my moment at Harvey Weinstein, whatever, that guy. And, and then, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. They're, they're like, come on, Rick, we were rehearsing. <laughs> we're, we're, they wanted me to come out naked, dude. They wanted me to come out naked. And I said, my sister's going to come see this show. My mom's going to come see the show. He said, I don't want to come out naked, you know? <laughs> and so, and so we, we managed to do it in boxer shorts, whatever. And that was the first, like, serious role, one of the first serious roles I did. And then, and then that's when it hit me. I go, what am I doing? I was 19. And I really thought right there, it's like, I need to take better responsibility. And my dad offered me to send me to Mexico to go to school. So he goes, you want to go to the university that your brother went to? And I said, sure. And he already offered me like Tulane University here in the States and, and you know, other universities. And I, I couldn't, I had to go through another type of qualification, which I wasn't already doing it. My grades weren't great, you know, and all that. So I had to go to City College for a little bit. And I was, but I was so on the drama bug that I needed change. I needed change. And the entrance to Mexico, the University of Mexico, was taking an SAT test, but in Spanish. And so I barely passed that one, barely passed it. Like, you need a 70, and I got like a 70.1 or something like that. <laughs> and barely passed it, got in. I got per, per, almost perfect in math. Everything else was fucked up because it was Spanish, and I wasn't, I wasn't Spanish, right? And my first semester went so bad. You have to take six classes. Like there's no ifs and, and there's no electives. There's no electives. It's all General. serious shit. Yep. Yeah, it's all serious shit. And and I had to take six classes. I failed five out of six in my first semester. And, and it was so horrible. My dad goes, you want to go back? And the thing was, yeah. 
like when I was on vacation, Christmas vacation at home, he goes, you want to go back? And the thing that he didn't know that I found down there was my other passion was football. And I was like, I, I had bad grades in high school and I couldn't play football. And I just played my senior year and I sucked because I just started playing with gear that year. And I didn't get that much playing time. And then after football, I played in this, this semi-pro league here in, in L.A. called the L.A. Outlaws. And got a little hitting there because it was like jail ball. It was like prison ball, you know. So got a little hit there, you know, got a little serious and got a little playing time with a friend, but still not enough. And when I left Mexico after my first semester to come home, I noticed a flyer. It said tryouts for football in January, whatever, when I come back. And I was like, I'm coming back for that. And the women were beautiful, to be honest with you. I was, you know, just crazy about not only one woman, but like many women. That I, I met so many beautiful girls. I go, I'm going to get married in Mexico. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm going to find the woman in Mexico. And, and Mexico is just like that, right? Oh, so, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I go back home. I, I tell my dad, no, I want to go to Mexico. And he had this like little pickup truck, which is funny. I just found this picture. And he, and he, um, he had this little pickup truck. Okay, and and uh, this one right here. Let's see if you can see it. I'll, I'll try and get you guys on. I had that little pickup truck. You see, that's me with the hat. So it's like a Datsun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Datsun B two bomber. Yeah, B fifty two bomber or something yeah. like. And that's me. That's me right there right? with the hat. Oh, with the with the chest yeah. pecs. With oh, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> and and. And, and my dad goes, why don't you drive down there? I was like, fuck yeah. And I, I had a friend that came with me, a queso. We call him the cheese because he was blonde in Mexico. We call him the cheese. <laughs> Not too many white dudes you see in Mexico. So we call him the cheese and queso. And then we drove two days. It took us two days from L.A. to Monterrey, Mexico, when I was 19, 20, right around that time. And um, just a blast trip. And then I played two years of football down in Mexico and was so excited about it. But what happened was the ch there was three things going on. Okay. Was my grades, the cha challenge football, you know, I was trying to make it to the varsity team and, and I made it, you know, like to the, the red, the blue shirt to the JV and the next was varsity. And then uh, my dad, my dad was going through his financial problems. And so, what happened was it all kind of happened at the same time. I didn't make the varsity team. You know, I, I did have a, a hernia problem. So I was on, a, you know, injured reserve and, and you know, I just didn't. I was practicing with the varsity team at one point, but I just didn't make it. But it didn't matter because my dad was losing Everything. his money and I wasn't staying. I was having to figure a way to get back home and then the third thing was my grades i passed everything that semester so i can stay and that and but i couldn't stay and, right. and then i did, didn't make the team but what would happen at that point in my life was like i literally thought to myself i was 21 years old and i thought to myself hey i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> Like at 21, 
I said, I looked, I, I said, hey, I'm smart. And hey. because, because I was not getting good grades in high school, in junior high, high school, I was just getting by 2.0, 2.0. And then when I went back to LA, I was taking five classes at community colleges, none electives, all hard <laughs> classes, right? And I was getting A's and B's on everything. And I was like, Something happened down there in Mexico that people won't believe that happened to me. But I got smart down there because I dedicated and committed myself. Plus, I, 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 I owe a lot to these guys. I owe a lot to these dudes, you know, that are that are in these pictures, these friends of mine. These guys were friggin' except the gay guy in the red shorts, Ninja. No, he's he was one of my those, are called, those are called ball shorts. Yeah. These guys were, I would, we would drink like that, right? <laughs> but then we had to clean the tables. We had to do our homework, like drunk. And I got an, I got an exam tomorrow. You know, oh, shit. <laughs> this was Mexico, people. This, was, this, puts, this puts fraternities in the United States to shame, dude. This is like, you got to be able to be smart and drunk at the same time. If you can't do that, you know, you're, you're useless. Yeah, because and, the professors are. Yeah, and I'd be all night, I'd be all night studying, and calculus, bro. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be taking calculus. Never thought in my wildest dreams. And down there, I figured all that shit out. And because these guys helped me, they would stay up with me, and they'd be like, and they would look at me and go, "What is wrong with the education system in the United States?" Uh, I can tell you. They move you. They move you on faster than what you are. Like they don't care if you got it or not. We just can't keep you in this grade. Yeah, yeah. That that's it. There's like 50 kids in a class now. I mean, back when yeah. I was a kid, there was like 33. You know what I mean? There wasn't. There wasn't like. Yeah. I sat outside because I got in trouble and I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The classrooms are so full now that they're sitting outside because they need to. You know what I mean? No, is I have a bunch of. I have a bunch of coals in, in the in the fireplace. It's called irons in the fire. Iron, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I got another opportunity. I got two opportunities being talked about right now to do stand up on, on for something for TV. Two people, two people I'm talking about right now, um, and that's all it is. Talk. It's just talk, yeah. And that's all it is. Talk as much as I, my deep down inside. You know the guy that I'm talking about, the guy that you started working with in 2013. That guy, Rick, who was really chasing this dream of comedy, you know, um, and still is, that guy's all excited inside about it. But the guy who's done the HBO Max, who's filmed this, who's filmed this, and hasn't really seen much come out, just a little bit, that guy is like, eh. But then I have that, that guy in me going, but maybe... But maybe yes, and the other guy is saying, "Shut the fuck up!" You know, don't don't treat it like that. Just shut the fuck up and just move on to the next. Keep creating, keep creating, keep creating. And so that's what I I try and do is I keep creating, keep looking for opportunities to do more and more and more. That's why I started this. Is I I've just got to try again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've just got to get out there and and dust it off and try like. The new, have you gone to the Looney bin yet? Which one? 
Tulsa? The new, Tulsa? the new one in Tulsa. Yeah. No, not yet. I mean, the, I mean, they, new shut owner. One, they shut one down here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the brick house, right? Eleven miles from my house. Brick house, and then how's that? Brick, brickyard, brickyard, brickyard. It's you have to be in a click. Yeah. Oh, that's right here. That's right here from a lot of people. And, and you know what's funny is like each big comedy city has that, and and you know as they should. Good. They have that. They have that the the place where David Tell will go, you know, and and where the big Bill Bellamy, whatever the big names will go, and uh, oh what Looney Bin and, and, and Tulsa? No, we can't go there. You know, it's, uh, it's small. What's his name? Alonzo Bowden. Bo- uh, Alonzo Bowden. Yeah, he'll be here this weekend. At yeah, I, and I'm happy. I'm happy for a guy like that because oh, yeah. Alonzo Bowden's been been funny for a long time and deserves more growth and more fans and more, you know. And I think he's getting it just like um, the guy I, I used to work with, Willie Barcena. You know, he's been at it for a long time. And 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 the the love he's getting now on social media is now? to me now now okay now, now we're going for okay <laughs> yeah because he he wasn't get he wasn't getting much he was getting some love but not much because of his his you know his behaviors his things yeah yeah he liked to drink I'm not Talented. I'm not shy he just yeah. he liked to drink yeah and I got yeah. him. Drugs and alcohol will get, and women will get comedians in trouble more times than not. Well, look at what's his name who who died. What's his you, name? Uh, Chris Farley. You mean what? You want to no. narrow one down? Oh, the skinny guy. You know him. He was new with us up here. Hey, Taco Bell. What's his name? Taco Bell. Yeah, the Taco Bell joke. He talked like this. He was always on coke, crack, on and off. Um, he passed away. I can't think of his God, name. I, think, right now. I know that joke though. Yeah, he's from Florida, Florida, and he's just crazy and he was wild. Anyways, I just heard that his thing was he was walking on the highway and got hit by a car. So he was high as a kite. And I heard stuff, stories about him going to do his comedy shows without shoes, and then they had to get him shoes. And you know. I, I, I can't remember his name. I don't even want to throw his name out there. Okay. I'm glad I don't remember his name. But but that's why I always, when people ask me, do you wish you were to become a comedian, famous comedian when you, well, I'm not famous, but do you wish you were to become a comedian when you're younger? And I always say no, because I could be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Because you, you, you give me this much confidence at that age when I was young, and I think, I who knows what I would have done when I was young. I would have said, that's it. Give me another bump. First, it was very selective. First, you know, you had uh, the Z channel and you had on TV and you had all this stuff that you had to pay to have this show that you can see. And I knew because my dad had it. Okay, this was the 80s. I know I'm aging. I don't care This is what happened. My dad had on TV and the, he would leave the key there sometimes and I would watch all that Sam Kinison shit I was not supposed to watch. I would watch all that Richard Pryor, all that shit I was not supposed to watch as a young boy and just loved it, you know, just loved it. 
you know, and, and found, and it was a thing for me. All right, dad, good night. Good night. Dad, go to sleep. And then I just go. <laughs> the little click to the TV had the volume as low down as possible. And it would be like so close to the TV. Oh my God. He just said, what? Oh my God. He just, he just said, Oh my God, no way. You know? And I was just watching this shit over and over. And, and so it was very selective. It wasn't until after that phase, when you had a night at the improv, you had Dangerfield selling to HBO and all that shit. It wasn't until after that cable TV came. Okay. And then VH1 offers free comedy, free comedy shows. It was George, it was George Wallace, George Wallace. Yes. Yeah. And you remember, and, and all that stuff started coming and then it was, it wasn't only VH1, right? And then it was, uh, Omni you know, Central. yeah, comedy central and everything MTV, else was yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. And then it was people making their own little projects on Fox, on this TNT, on that whatever then now today saturated your joke your first joke you ever wrote by yourself oh um, that has to be uh, the uh, that has to be the was that joke i said uh i said i wish i missed commercials like that i remember that's what i said i miss commercials like that because that brought the world together commercials like that brought the world together i said you had kids at school going with that you had old people at nursing homes going with that so you even had catholics going body of christ with that <laughs> it's a stupid joke but but when i look back at it and i i, I sometimes do it when i'm in, i'm on stage and i'm doing shows in front of people hey you guys want to hear the first joke i did and you know, sometimes you're not a whole lot, you know, but but I always look at it as like, wow, that was very um, elementary of me, very freshman of me, you know, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, there's, there's not a bad twist to it, man. Come on, right? And then people go, yeah, you know, you never, you, you, you gotta have some Catholics in the room to understand it, though, maybe. <laughs> Muslims are going, what's he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Rick, I want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for thank doing you, this man. again. Thank you, Baba. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for staying in touch with me and keeping our friendship uh, connected. Oh, you know, I, I love you. I love you to death. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, everybody, I hope you download, uh, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. And you go see this guy. He's really, really funny. Rick, thank, thank you, you. Baba.